0: He's one of the elders here at Blazing Fire Church, and I think you, a lot of you know him. He has such a heart um, of a pastor and such a heart to see all of us um, just move into the fullness of what God has for us. Because each and every one of you has callings and giftings and just personality of who you are, who God has d- designed you to be that isn't like anyone else. I know God, uh, Russ has just a real heart for that for all of us. So thank you, Russ. Come on. Come on.
1: as well. It would really be good to get the battery here. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Matt. Or maybe not. It just says on. Thank you. Let's give Matt an applause, please. He's the the behind-the-scenes guy. Justine. use this one for a second. So uh, also, Brent Locker, our our senior pastor, is driving back from Idaho tomorrow, I believe. And so let's just agree for safe passage for Brent. We just agree with you, Heavenly Father, that you will be with him and give him a a safe and enjoyable trip back to the Bay Area. And bless Suzanne as she's been holding down the fort this week. Bless their time of coming back together. Amen. He oh, took my device away. Thank you. He took my device away. <clears throat> that was good.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Matt.
1: Testing one two. It's working. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really grateful for technology, aren't you? Just so I don't have to. I don't have to be someone like um, someone with a great, loud voice in order to communicate with you. I can. I can have my voice, and it still works. Woohoo! <laughs> and. We have a slideshow too. We have have Keynote. Is is Keynote ready? Okay. There we are. Cool. So I've entitled my talk rather mysteriously Time in Jesus' Magnificent Symphony. So, Jesus, this is all about you, and I ask that you will be glorified and that you will be lifted up, and that we will be uh, entranced in in deeper and greater ways by who you are for yourself and also who you are for us. We want to glorify you, Heavenly Father, in the power of your Holy Spirit. I have two main objectives for this talk. Well, that was number one. I have two additional objectives. (laughs) First, uh, for you to carry within you, a vision of Jesus as the loving composer and conductor of the symphony of all time. And so, for you to be able to tune in to the magnificent fullness of the symphony and joyfully contribute your notes and your chords in their time, your own life is a masterpiece. A symphony made from the way your heart and your words your songs and actions intertwine with the lives of others god foresaw you and planned beautiful good and joyful creations for you to participate in my second objective is for you to see time and timing in new ways so that your life will be fuller and more fruitful for Jesus. We are his poema. We are his workmanship. Ephesians 2:10 says, "For we are his workmanship, his poema, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand." that we should walk in them. It's one of my favorite verses. Back in 1994, Michael Card produced an album called Poema, and he wrote, The Bible tells us that we are God's masterpieces. Poema in Greek. Not only creatures, but his creations, his poems. We are also living epistles. Second Corinthians 3.3, 3. and so our lives are meant to be listened to because it is God who is speaking into and out of and through the symphony of the years and the masterpiece of each of our lifetimes. Isn't that cool? Yeah, so we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them before you get nervous about this word works let's talk about what working with jesus means to jesus oops we're not quite quite there yet i'm gonna i didn't have another slide for that living in rest by working with jesus and entering into his rhythms from the message bible I'm going to go back there jesus said are you tired worn out burned out on religion Yeah, (laughs) come to me, Jesus said. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I like that, I'm going to say that again. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what he's inviting us into. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So that's what we're, when we're talking about working, that's the kind of work we're talking about. Those good works. Interestingly enough, it talks about this In the Old Testament, Isaiah 26, verse 12 says, Lord, you will establish peace or shalom for us. For you have already done all our works in us. That's intriguing. He's already done all our works in us. What does that mean? Sounds good, though. Psalm 90, verse 16 and 17. The word says, Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. Let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us. And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes. Establish the work of our hands. So, just to kind of paraphrase that, Psalm 90 is saying, show us what you're doing. Let... Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And as he shows us what he's doing in our children, see how we're responding to that, they're going to see his glory. As we respond and we start walking in the work that he's called us to do. And it's also about beauty. He says, let the beauty of the Lord our God. It's about beauty. It's about creativity. It's It's not just getting... Um, getting the job done. There's a, there's a whole aspect of this that's about about beauty. God's into beauty. How many of you know that? You look around at his creation, just show up at Yosemite someday and it'll be real clear. Huh? Or just watch the, the sunset sky or the sunrise. Not only did Jehovah speak the universe into existence, He created good things for us to walk in. To me, the most amazing thing is that God is working all things for good for those who love him and walk with him. He is creating masterpieces of love and beauty. And he's doing it within an environment of free will and spiritual adversaries. So that's gotta be a great challenge, right? All of all of us have free will. And then there are these, there are these dudes that are, uh, are really trying to mess things up as well, right? Satan and the fallen angels and the powers and principalities, thrones and dominions that have turned against God. He's dealing with all of that and also whether we're going to choose to work along with him or not. And yet he says, I'm going to work everything for good for those who love me and are called according to my purposes. Well, that is a masterpiece. masterpieces, all of each of you, each of his the ones in his creation who who are working with him are all about one person. They're all about Jesus. We're all about Jesus. Romans eleven thirty-eight, the word says, for of him and through him and to him are all things. From Him, they're through Him, and they're, they're they are for Him, they're to Him. To whom be glory forever. Everyone say Amen to that. Amen. So now I invite you to watch a clip from the movie Mr. Holland's Opus. How many of you folks have seen that before? Oh, it's a wonderful movie. I highly recommend. If you haven't seen it, to go rent it from Netflix or or something like that, if you can. I want to set it up for you and, um, and maybe while i'm talking we can also um, lower the lights in the front so people can see better thank you matt <clears throat> so um, the the, uh, the main character mr holland in the story wants to be a composer he loves music and his plan is to compose and become rich and famous through through being a musician and a composer Things are complicated. He, he has a wife, and they need money, so he goes to work in a temp- temporary gig being a high school teacher of music. And uh, things, one thing after another happens, and he never quite finishes being a teacher. And then one day, they decide to cut the music program, and he's forced to retire, and he thinks, well, that's it. But... <laughs> But um, the people who love him have something else up their sleeve. And so we're just going to see a little clip from this. But what I'd like you to do is imagine Jesus in the place of Mr. Holland. Are you Ready?
0: And uh, Principal Walters, I'd like you to know, yes, I brought it up from my mother. <laughs> Mr. Holland had a profound influence on my life, on a lot of lives, I know. And yet I get feel feeling that he considers a great part of his own life misspent. Rumor had it he was always working on this symphony of his, and this was going to make him famous. Rich, probably both. But Mr. Holland isn't rich, and he isn't famous, at least not outside of our little town. So it might be easy for him to think himself a failure. And he would be wrong, because I think he's achieved a success far beyond riches and fame. There is not a life in this room that you have not touched. And each one of us is a better person because of you. We are your symphony, Mr. Holland. We are the melodies and the notes of your opus. And we are the music of your life. performance ever of the American Symphony by Glenn Holland.
1: Say that to Jesus. Jesus, we are your symphony. We are the melodies and the notes of your opus. And we are the music of your life. Let's do that one again. Jesus, we are your symphony. We are the melodies and notes of your opus. And we are the music of your life. Start seeing Jesus as the as the um, composer and the conductor of the symphony of our life, and the symphony this this magnificent symphony that's made up of of this entire bride, all throughout time. It just it just captivates the imagination, doesn't it? And I want each of you to receive a fresh vision of the daily opportunities. to express his artistry and goodness and to perceive the greater symphony that all creation is playing with Jesus as our conductor his love and care for each one of us gives us hearts of joy and love when we play our parts as the message bible says in Ephesians 525 Christ's love makes the church whole his words evoke her beauty everything he does and says is designed to bring out the best of her his words evoke her beauty his words his the movement of his baton his leading what he is seeking to do as he as he conducts conducts us in the uh, good works that he that were created for us in him To do, he's conducting. He's doing this to bring out the beauty of of each one of us. He's doing this to bring out the beauty of the whole. Sometimes we just end up getting kind of um, cynical and hard-hearted and tend to grumble and complain. Oh, maybe maybe you don't, but I know I do sometimes. Uh, And it's it's such an important thing to capture and and catch what his heart is about what's really going on, what's, what the big picture is, and that's what I hope that you're catching as well as that vision t- tonight. In the movie, Mr. Holland mentored and encouraged many students. The girl who was, spe- the young woman who was speaking, the one with the orange-red hair, she grew up to be governor. She was, she was, gover- she was the governor at this point in, in the movie. But she had great difficulty as a student, trying to play the clarinet. She was so focused on performing that she'd get tense and tighten up and, and mess up some notes every time and she practiced every day. And um, Mr. Holland offered to mentor her and she, so she would come in early and he'd help her practice and it still wasn't working. And finally one day she said, maybe you can find someone else to use the clarinet, I'm I'm giving up. And she headed for the door, and Mr. Holland said, is it any fun? And she turned around and said, well, I was hoping it would be. And he said, well, come on back. This is not about notes. He said, it's about heart, it's about feeling, it's about communicating. When you look at yourself in the mirror, what do, you, what, do you, uh, what do you enjoy seeing? What, what do you like about yourself? And she said, well, my, my hair, that beautiful orange, red-orange hair. And he said, why is that? And she said, well, my dad said, says it reminds him of the sunset. So Mr. Holland said, okay, what I want, we're going to sit down and I want you to play the same music, but I want you not to focus on the notes. I want you to play the sunset. And so she does, and she gets lost in picturing the sunset and playing the music instead of worrying about getting the notes right. And she, gets, she, she has a transformation. It shifts from something that she's afraid of, something she's tense about, to something where she's expressing her heart. And the good works that Jesus has created for each one of us is really about expressing the heart that he's given us. In the same way, Jesus' words to you, his prophetic words, his whispers, are intended to draw forth the beauty in you, to, for, to help you play the sunset, the sunrise, and the other things that are in your heart. Something else that relates to the story of Mr. Holland. You'll notice that, uh, that, that young, the young lady, Gert, Gert, her name was Gertrude Lang, the character in the, uh, in the movie, She said, Mr. Holland, you probably see your life as a failure, but that would not be true. Look around, there's not a person in this room whose life you haven't touched. Did you know that the Bible indicates that Jesus had moments when he wondered whether he was accomplishing anything? Isaiah 49, verses 3 and 4 says, He said to me, this is meaning the Messiah. You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I have toiled in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet, surely the justice due to me is with Jehovah, and my reward with my God. So I... I believe this indicates, as well as some of the some of the ways that Jesus showed he was a bit frustrated with his disciples in the Gospels, indicates to me that in his humanness, Jesus sometimes wondered whether this was all going to work out. But he said, "I'm I'm, I'm looking to you to bring everything right, Heavenly Father, and my reward is with you." And now your choice to receive Jesus and enter into His the special works that He created for you to walk in—that's part of His justice. That's part of His reward—is—is is to enjoy what was created for you to walk in, in Him. The Moravians—you've heard about the Moravians. These uh, these folks that gathered around the hundred-year uh, prayer meeting, parenthood and went out. touched the world with the love of Jesus, including sometimes selling themselves into slavery to be able to reach the slaves. They would call out to each other, may Jesus receive the full reward for his suffering. You give him such joy when you're walking in who you are created to be. And there's a scene from the revelation of jesus written by the apostle john that is also kind of about a symphony about a, uh, about about this this worship so i invite you right now to close your eyes and i bless your imagination to bring you into this scene now when he jesus had taken the scroll four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and, a golden, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. There was a, there was a new song, a new symphony written for this very moment, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain. And have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea. So that means including the whales. Whales. And all that are in them I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever. And then all the the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Oh. That sounds like a celebration of Jesus's life, doesn't it? And we're going to do this uh, uh, acapella. Most, many of you may know this, know this, uh, this short worship song. So sing along with me, so uh, so they can so that, uh, that you enter your heart with this. To
2: Him who sits on the throne. And unto the Lamb. To Him who sits on the throne. And unto the Lamb. Be blessing and honor. And glory and power. Forever. Be. Blessing and honor and glory and power forever. To Him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. To Him who sits on the throne And unto the Lamb. Be blessing and honor and glory and power forever. Be blessing and glory and glory and honor forever.
1: Jesus, we honor and glorify you. you. Through you we were created, and by you we are redeemed. And more than that, you've made us to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And you created good works, good works that our Father created through you, that we, we may walk in them. We celebrate and honor and glorify you, Jesus. us about this not-to-be-missed opportunity to join Jesus' wonderfully crafted plans for us. Actually, it starts in the last verse of chapter 11, but they really go together. So sometimes you have to to look around the verses and not just at the verses. So, So starting with the last verse of Romans 11, from him, you've heard this one before, and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Therefore, see the connection there? Therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, it's really reasonable. He's planned these great things for you. It would be a really good idea to, to join in with them, huh? (laughs) <laughs> don't be conformed to this present world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God what is good and pleasing and perfect we sometimes think that this just has to do with the big prophetic words over our life but it really has to do with how we live our everyday life, doesn't it? We can wake up every morning and say, God, I present myself to you. I don't want to miss the good things that you planned for, for me to be part of today. I don't want to be I don't want to miss the fruitfulness. I don't want to miss anything, even if it means I'm inconvenienced. I don't want my agenda to cause me to miss your good plans. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and and that's why we need a renewed mind. Is is that so that we can be in sync with His mind? We can have that we would have His mind, and we would see things with His values, and would see we would see things from the supernatural reality that He He created us to live from. Bill Johnson, as many of you know if you listen to him, has been talking a lot about the renewed mind, and I encourage you to to soak in that as well. Renewing our mind allows us to see the opportunities that he is bringing to us and and enter into them. Sometimes it's very, very, oftentimes it's very, very subtle, isn't it? Uh, Once, well, I'll back up a little bit. My wife Susan, who you met earlier um, many years ago, went, went over went out to North Carolina for two years to go to school, and I was I was here uh, working and supporting them while Susan and the family were, were in North Carolina. And I stayed with a couple of families. I was kind of like a college student. Stayed in bare bedrooms, and it was it was it was a kind of a stripping process, but it was also grace. And um, one day I was driving down the freeway, and I felt like someone just brushed my forehead like that. So it's like,
2: hmm,
1: is that you, God? Do you ever do that? Is that you, God? <laughs> I got, okay, what's going on? And I realized that I was just driving down near one of the homes that I lived in during that, that time. I was no longer living there, but it was a house, that I, a family that I used to stay with. And so I pulled off the freeway, drove to their house, and there was a moving gang in their driveway. And they were moving to Las Vegas. The, 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 hus- the man of the house had gotten a new job, and they were about to leave. And if I hadn't stopped by that day, I would have missed them. But that was one of the good things that God had planned for me that day, was to have the chance to honor them and thank them and say goodbye and give them hugs. So it's, it's, a lot of times it's just the subtle things that if we... Well, well, the burning bush, Moses had to turn aside. There was this bush burning there. I wonder whether sometimes bushes burned in the desert just because of spontaneous combustion or lightning or whatever. So it might not have been completely unusual. (laughs) But um, Moses turned aside because he noticed it wasn't being consumed, right? He went, oh, this is a different burning bush than the usual one. And, And so I just blessed you to develop and value a renewed mind to pay attention to the unusual things that that the Holy Spirit is using to get your attention so that you can change course and find out more of what he has planned for you for that day. So in other words, it's time to wake up. wakey 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 therefore ephesians 5 14 through 17 says therefore he says awake you who sleep arise from the dead and christ will give you light so it's time we wake up we become fully aware fully alive to him and now we can walk in these in these things that he's created for us to walk in and we can be part of the bigger picture and the whole bride of jesus See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, some people say this means you can't get drunk in the spirit, and I'd say no, that's not what this means. <laughs> I'd say that this means that we're not to fritter, we're not to just fritter away and be unwise. Aware and untuned in to what God's doing. Does that make sense? And sometimes what He's doing is is just making us feel really joyful, isn't He? But we're tuning into Him. We're, we're entering into what He has for us. So that's what that's part of what redeeming the time is. Is but it's a mini, redeeming the time is a many faceted subject. The most obvious meaning is, is that while well, the enemy has tried to blind us and distract us from walking in the good works that create a symphony that Jesus planned individually for each of us and as a as a corporate whole, so the enemy's tried to blind us, hasn't he? He's tried to, he's tries to distract us, you know, with our with our fears, with our frustrations, with television, with the internet, with um, romance novels, with whatever. <laughs> Oh, oh, I just hit somebody there. Um, <laughs> we think we have to settle for something less than the glorious, joyful, fruitfulness that he's created for us, and then we, we get distracted, don't we? We settle for less. So the, so part of it is redeeming the time, meaning we're going to buy back, we're no longer going to, to um, use up our time doing things that don't have any meaning or joy to them. Through salvation through the salvation that Jesus died to bring us and with the help of the holy spirit we have the capacity to redeem to buy back the fruitful creative relational life that father god has always desired for us another verse about redeeming the time is in colossians chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. What I take this to mean is that we're encouraged to make good use of our time on the earth to represent God's kingdom. So every opportunity we have to represent God's kingdom to those who are still outside of his kingdom, we we are to use, you know, have our have our speech always uh, with grace seasoned with salt in other words with preservative with something tangy something real something that's that's going to um, capture their their, um, their, their tension and we we also are called in to tune into the Holy Spirit so we know what to say right sometimes we don't know what to say often but he'll give us what to say if we ask him so that's that's kind of that's one, those are one level of re, meaning of redeeming the time and that's what you can see clearly in the scriptures and I would I would say that there are several other ways that um, time can be redeemed that Jesus redeems time there, there we are on a path that's actually Susan and Kawhi, but that's we're going we're going down a path with the Lord even though we don't always see him Jesus redeems time you can redeem our past traumas, fears, and captivities. Yeah, yeah. How many of you had that happen for you? How many of you have received that gift of Jesus redeeming your past? Yes, thank you. God is outside of time. Did you did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> so you can picture time like like this pen here. Um, God is outside of the pen. And he he can see the whole thing, even though we might just see a little flipper of it where we're living right now. He, and he so he sees every he sees the whole thing. He cre- he created time. It boggles my mind. I'm not I'm not sure I can really get that. But he created time. He's outside of time. He's eternal, and he 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 used he is able to um, use time and redeem time. In the case of our past traumas, fears, and captivities. Uh, inner healing ministries like Theophostics and Sozo and other ones have found that Jesus will reveal and minister, reveal himself and minister to us in our past. It's really cool. You can, if, if you start having a memory of something painful, you can ask Jesus to come in and show where he was in that situation and release the trauma to him, ask him what he wants you to know about that situation and And that will change your life. How many of you have had that happen to you? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And that's not just about memories. I believe this incredible gift is is really where, um, where he does come into that time in a new way, because we now become aware of it. The events of our past do not change. But when we see that Jesus is with us in our past... When he brings truth and comfort and healing, it frees and transforms us. I've I've been uh, privileged to be witness to some sozos where a person saw themselves at a particular age, like let's say 10, and Jesus came and ministered to them in a trauma that happened when they were age 10. And after they received release from the trauma and received the truth and released themselves from the lies that they were believing they actually saw themselves grow up. They actually saw themselves growing, growing into a, 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 an older age. And I, I believe that has that means that they will no longer be stuck and frozen. A part of them will no longer be frozen and stuck at that age. Now that is amazing. That is wonderful. So Jesus redeems time. And one way he redeems it is our past traumas and fears and captivities are dealt with and were freed from them there's another way that I found that Jesus redeems time some of us find that there is a certain day or certain season of the year where there's just a shadow over our lives or uh, or maybe even when we get to a certain age in life we remember that something happened To our parents at that age, and we just there's a shadow over that. There's there's a uh, um, there seems to be almost like there's a shadow over that time, and I've seen that Jesus uh, redeems that as well when we ask Him to. Do you know what the first created thing that God blessed and sanctified was? The first thing, at least at least far what I, what I can see in the, the order in the Bible, it was an element of time. It was a day of the week. Isn't that interesting? Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and rested on the seventh day all his work that he had done, that God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So he blessed and sanctified the day of the week. That was the first thing. He blessed time. He blessed an element of time. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's also interesting that the enemy works really hard to cast a shadow over, over periods of time. Like, maybe tomorrow. (laughs) A day many people celebrate uh, as Halloween. Many of us feel like it gets a little darker that day, don't we? And it's not necessarily because the time changed. In fact, it won't have changed this time. But it happens to whole people groups as well. For Jewish people, the ninth of Av is such a day. Uh, 586 B.C., the first temple was destroyed by by the Babylonians on that day. 70 A.D., the second temple was destroyed. 133, Jerusalem was plowed under, and uh, a Roman city was built in its place. 1290, King Edward I. expelled Jews from England. 1492, Spain and Portugal expelled Jews from the Iberian Peninsula. And in 1941, Hitler signed the Final Solution, all on the same day of the Jewish calendar. So, so many of you, sometimes you, if you read the Elijah list or other things, you'll see that there's a call out to pray for Israel during this time period around the ninth of Av. And I think that's that's a really beautiful thing. We have been grafted in to the family of Abraham, and and. We, we have this function as a royal priesthood, as a holy nation, to actually pray for their protection uh, during this time that, that uh, has seen recurring horrible things happen, recurring ca- ca- catastrophes. So, Av is, is one of their the months. It's a month of the Jewish calendar. Right. So, what's the, what's the, what's the well, it changes. The Jewish calendar and our calendar are not fully in sync. Sometimes they have 13 months instead of 12 months because they follow the lunar calendar. You're welcome. That was a good question. So, um, some of you may find that you have days or periods where things feel darker for you. And if you do, how would you like to deal with that right now? And if you don't, then you can at least listen and learn because you could then minister to somebody else who has this. Um, I had a I had a personal experience w- with this where uh, I, I was ministering to someone and they said, "Oh yeah, these right around April May, it feels really dark for me." I said, "Well, what happened?" "Oh, my mom died and an aunt died and other some other things happened this this time period and." I can't, every time this comes around, I just I just kind of shut down for the, for the time period. If something like that has happened to you, or you find out that you know someone like that, then there's actually a way we can ask Jesus to cleanse and redeem that time for them. Isn't that, because I did, I, I um, we asked Jesus to help this woman, and, and they made a huge difference for her. So I, I'm believing that there's something real about this. <clears throat> so for those of you who have... A, A season, a day, a time frame, which is often uh, feels like under a shadow, I invite you to close your eyes so you can focus. And I'd like you to speak to Jesus and say, Jesus, are there times affecting my life that you want to cleanse? And if something about this comes to mind, then just ask Jesus, what is the root or the roots of this? I'll give you a few minutes to listen. He's bringing, bringing to mind what that there were things that you know about that caused that shadow. You can now ask Jesus, is there something you want me to do to address those roots? In some cases, there's nothing... To that you can do in some cases there's there's something he'll ask you to do in other words if there's someone that uh, you, it would be good for you to forgive some trauma that was done against you that you're still holding um, onto you're still resenting then for, I invite you to forgive that person if, if Jesus is bringing that up shown there's a a season, a recurring time that's affecting your life. I'd like you to repeat this after me. Jesus, I receive the power of your blood to cleanse and heal this time. I ask that you cleanse all ties between me and the trauma Was associated with this time. Thank you. I ask you, Jesus, to release the treasures and blessings that you created for this time. things happening in the atmosphere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the power of your blood. Thank you that you you were there when time was created, when time was established, and you care about time. And we... We feel your grief for the way time has been misused. Mm. 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 And Jesus, I also we also ask that you will um, that you will show us how how to redeem the time of Halloween, the the day the, the day that comes tomorrow this year. And we don't want to be afraid of the darkness because your light is, sh- is shines brighter. So we, we worship you over, we, we raise you up, and we magnify you over October 31st. And we declare that you, greater are you than, uh, than all the demons that are invoked by, by uh, those that uh, offer evil sacrifices on Halloween. We declare that your sacrifice covers and cleanses and destroys the power of evil. Wow. 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 Yeah. And I do invite you tomorrow to celebrate Jesus. Sometimes, at least when I didn't know any better, I would just kind of turn all the lights off and hide. On Halloween you know because I didn't want to seem like I was participating in it but Jesus said don't hide your light under a bushel basket right We're... greater a seed is in us <laughs> so I just I just encourage you to to worship and celebrate Jesus proclaim his name and be a light to your neighborhood be a light to your neighborhood if, if kids come to your door you may you may give them something to bless them you know not I'm not saying a scripture I'm saying something they'll enjoy and but also give, speak a blessing speak a blessing to them okay we are the blessed you are a holy nation a real priesthood and you have the power to bless now I want to talk about seeing the bigger picture a bit more, which is choosing to be in sync with Jesus and his magnificent symphony. I'd like you to picture that scene we saw earlier in Mr. Holland's opus and put Jesus in the place of Mr. Holland as he conducts the opus that he wrote. I'd like you to put yourself in that orchestra. Maybe you are in the string section Or playing a French horn, or the drums, or the electric guitar. Can you picture yourself there? All our eyes are on Jesus as he conducts. We are so happy to be playing with him and for him. He sets the pace and the timing, he is helping all of us to move together and join in. The drums start. And now the strings are the focus. And a little later, the horns are celebrated. And now it's a clarinet solo. We all have our parts, and in his love, we flow together. And it's beautiful. We're glad to have at our parts, but we also enjoy the whole, don't we? The whole of this beautiful symphony. But what happens... If I'm a trumpet player and I play my trumpet when it's not time for the trumpet to play. Will it add to the symphony? No. It will detract, won't it? So so if I try and blow my own horn (laughs) at the wrong time, It doesn't make me or the symphony look any better, does it? We're encouraged in uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, what it's like when we come together. Paul says, Then what should it be like, brothers, when you come together, each of you? Each of you bring a psalm, or some instruction, or a revelation, or speaks in a tongue, or gives an interpretation. So we're coming together, and all of us has have, have things. You know, when we come together in a small group, and we come together, uh, and there's a chance for the, the best, I think, is when we can get together, and everybody has a part to play, isn't it? So I encourage, by the way, I'm encouraging small groups right now. Come to me if you want to start one, or come to me if you want to find one. Because <laughs> that's where you can really find, try this out, and it's really fun. So everybody gets something. We get a scripture, we get a tongue, we get a revelation. We, had, we all have something to add. And let all these things be done in a way that builds up the community. In other words, if you go further reading in Corinthians, there was an issue where everybody's doing everything all at once, weren't they? And they were, uh, it sounds like they were even having some speaking in tongue contests where everyone was trying to be louder than everybody else. <clears throat> at least that's the way I read it. I don't know how you read it. but um, But that's not the point, is it? It's for, it's for us to perceive the whole symphony and come in with our parts but enjoy the whole thing, right? To, to receive everything that Jesus wants to show us and give to us through our brothers and sisters as well as enjoying our, the parts that we have. If I clang the cymbals just to prove I'm important, it just shows that I'm not yet knit together in love with Jesus and his bride, doesn't it? Paul talks about this, 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And I might add a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal that's out of time and out of sync with the symphony. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm not adding to the symphony. That was Russ's paraphrase. <laughs> right? It's, just, it's not adding, it's detracting. There are stories from the Azusa Street Revival. How many folks have heard about Azusa Street back in 1905, 1906, and then on for a bit. And um, it's said that, in fact, you can read about it in, in, uh, in God's General's among other places. It said that if someone tried to get up and preach who wasn't anointed for that time that a wailing cry would rise up from the congregation because they were so, they so much just wanted to receive what the Holy Spirit was doing. Nothing else. That was such a passion. And I believe that's going to come back, not necessarily the wailing cry, but we're just going to have such a heart for just what the Holy Spirit is doing at that moment. That we're just that, that we are going to together perceive and go, let's both get back on track, okay? Not to shame anyone, not to put anyone down, but because we want what he's doing. We want to keep our eye on the conductor. <laughs> And we want to move together in what he's doing and make, make beautiful music with Jesus. Make beautiful music with the help of the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? How do we get in sync with Jesus? 2 Corinthians 3.18 from the Message Bible. And I love this this picture, if you can see, it's a, it's a, a, a young child standing up in big hands, Father, Father God's hands, raising up with their arms and just, just naked and unashamed, just saying, "Here I am. I'm in your light." All of us, nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of His face, and so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives, and we become like Him. Second, Second Corinthians. I got to read that again. Second Corinthians three eighteen. All of us, nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of His face, and so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. That's good, huh? That's really good. And I'm going to invite you to do uh, an experiential exercise about this. We, We have a high value here on people experiencing God, just not hearing about him. That's why you're here, right, is to encounter God and to... And some part of the way we encounter God is through our brothers and sisters who who reflect him. So that's part of why we gather together and also to be part of the bigger symphony. Studies in how our brains develop have found that little infants are created to look for someone who's happy to see them. We are wired for joy. And so often the little, the little infant will look around for mom, and mom's there smiling and happy to see, see the baby, and then they lock eye to eye. Have you ever seen that? And the baby and the mom will look at each other, and there'll be joy going between them. And then the baby will look away. The reason why the baby looks away is because the baby only has so much joy. And their joy cup is filled up, and they're going, I can't handle anymore. Hold on, I'll be back a little bit later. <laughs> I, I, I'm totally filled up. I'm overflowing. and But over time, if you, if you ever watch this, the mother and the baby, or mother and dad, or whoever the, the loving um, person is in their life, will spend more and more time with this eye-to-eye joy gaze. And what scientists have found is there's actually a circuit. You've, many of you have been in the class and heard this before, but it's so cool. There's actually a, a circuit of left eye to left eye, right brain to right brain, between the, between the baby's brain and the mother's brain. And there's actually, the baby's brain actually starts receiving an imprint of what the mother's brain is through this. And I believe this is part of what it talks about with us, with unveiled faces. Looking at Jesus, looking in his eyes. Is, is we look in his eyes, and receive his joy but also our very minds as we look into his eyes of love our brains are our our, our 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 minds will be re- re- are renewed as we look into his eyes and, and receive the imprint of his his mind in ours so i invite you to close your eyes I bless your imaginations. Your imaginations are a gift from God to be able to receive revelation. Uh, So I bless your your imagination to see Jesus. This church is called Blazing Fire because we love his eyes of Blazing Fire for his church. So I bless you to see Jesus and see his eyes. His eyes may not be Blazing Fire for you right now. They may just... They may look some, something different. You may just see deep pools of water. You may see you may see universes in his eyes. You may see something else. But I bless you to see the love and joy and passion that he has for you. I bless you to receive. He's communicating with his eyes to you. And let that go deep. Let your joy cup be filled with his joy for you. Receive the power of his transforming love. So you receive his mind. Just a mind full of love and joy and supernatural life. You to look into his eyes as long as you can. And if anyone's having a hard time facing his eyes. I remove the shame in Jesus name you are worthy to encourage you to, to uh, continue doing this in your quiet time as you wake up, as you go to sleep and just say, Jesus, let me look into your eyes and receive. I know someone who the, the Lord instructed him to do this when, um, when fears were coming up. So he would picture himself as a little baby looking into Jesus's eyes, and healing came to deep to deep parts. But wherever you are in your in your healing journey, it's always good to look into his eyes. There's always more he wants to show you. There's always more. There's always deeper ways that you will come into synchronization with his mind and his heart Mm. so we we learn the unforced rhythms of grace looking into his eyes we we know how to bring our time into sync with his time To know the depth of His love, so we can love others as well. Mm -hmm. So I bless you with that. And if you want to continue in that, don't just keep on going. And if you if you need to move on, if you need to uh, to do something else, uh, this is the end of my talk. I bless you.